We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is February 19, 2024. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, we just uh, wrapped up uh, All-Star Weekend, finished the All-Star Game. We'll talk about all that. Um, I just took cold medicine like 15 minutes ago, so we probably have like five minutes before I start to get a little bit out of hand here. Yeah. Um, how are you doing? I mean, I'm I'm better than that for sure. Yeah, for sure. We're gonna you're gonna just start talking crazy, and then eventually you're just gonna head to the desk. You're mm-hmm. just gonna hit the deck. So that's when how this episode is probably gonna end. But I'm I'm good. I learned I learned about where I hold All Star Weekend. Oh, when I have a guy in it, I learned where I hold that in priority and what I value. And we can talk about that later. But I, I have a stance on it for sure. And Your stance yeah, is All-Star Weekend sucks. I, Let's just do that. I'm going to preface this really fast. If you enjoyed All-Star Weekend, you thought it was awesome, or if you want to hear like high-level, intelligent basketball conversations, shut this off now. That is not <laughs> going to be what this is. It's the All-Star break. We don't have any Magic Basketball to talk about. The All-Star weekend in its current state blows. Mm. So if you don't want to hear like old men like get off of my lawn kind of stuff, shut it off, Yeah, Luke. Go ahead. Thank you. What I learned is that I don't care about Paolo Bencaro and All-Star weekend. Like, Not the events themselves. Yeah. Right. So the stuff that I'll tell you, the things that I have enjoyed most about Paolo Bancaro being named an all-star was his initial being named an all-star, right? Okay. Our guy got the respect that he deserves. I'm glad that we are getting to that point. Orlando is finally getting put back onto the map. Shout out Shaquille O'Neal. And we can... (laughs) Too soon. Yeah. And so at this point, yeah, it's just that, that's what it's about. But then it's also about with Paolo, just the, the the photo ops are awesome. They put out the pictures today of him like wearing the all-star jersey and everything. 
that was awesome. That was what I cared about. And it all goes back to respect and people respecting Paolo and the magic both at the same time. And you can't respect Paolo without also respecting the magic. So that's what I care about. The on the court stuff, event stuff, I don't care about. The other thing I learned is that when your team is good, the all-star break is kind of agonizing because it's like, I just want to see the team play. I was sitting there watching the all-star game tonight with Lauren sitting on the couch. And I was like, all I can, it was the first quarter. I was like, all I can think about is I wish this was a magic game on my TV right now. That's the only thing I'm thinking about right now. I just want to see the magic play. I don't care about any of this. Then it was cool to see Paolo check in for the first time tonight and whatever. But from there on out, it was all kind of just meh. So I don't know. Is, is that pretty in line with your thinking? Or what it, did you maybe value the, the Paolo aspect more in game? That's pretty in line. But I forgot yeah. that we've got a couple of things to touch on at the top of the show here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go through that. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make this really quick and then jump back in. Coming up Wednesday, the 21st, um, Friday, the 23rd, is the five-year anniversary of the podcast. Can't believe it's already been five years. But Wednesday, we're going to do a live show starting at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube, uh, really just to reflect on the last five years of the show, talk about some of our favorite moments, maybe get a little sappy, have some fun. We've got a special uh, guest uh, planned for that as well. So be sure to check that out, and and please come and hang out with us Wednesday night, 9 o'clock on YouTube. And the next episode of the Six Fan Show is going to be filmed next Tuesday when the Magic face the Nets at home. So Tuesday, February 27th, Magic versus Nets outside Kia after the game. Six Fan Show. Ben is going to be filming that. My take on the weekend is the meme, what happened to the game that I love? Like, I remember as a kid being so excited, like getting off of school on Friday of All-Star Weekend and like not rushing home, obviously, because everything mm-hmm. sort of started later at night. But I remember like genuinely being excited for like Friday night of the NBA like celebrity game. I remember like Chris Brown and like Jay Cole being in it. I remember like Justin Timberlake being in it, you know, Justin uh, Bieber, all those guys. And then I always love watching the rookie sophomore game is what we used to call it. It wasn't the rising star challenge. It was the rookie sophomore game back in the day. Always loved that. And then like NBA Saturday night where you had the shooting stars challenge where you had like a current NBA player, a WNBA player, and then like a NBA legend. They would all be on you know one team who would do different competitions. The individual NBA skills challenge when it was Dwayne Wade and Chris Paul and Steve Nash and those guys. And then obviously like the dunk contest or we're going back to like Dwight Howard and, and Nate Robinson going at it, obviously. And then it being headlined by the Sunday night all-star game where I don't know if it's because we're, we're older now. Maybe it's, it's one of those things where when you have kids, Christmas changes again. Like when you're in your early twenties and you're sort of out of that, like kid Christmas stage that we all go through when you're in you know elementary school and middle school especially where Christmas is is your Super Bowl as a child right you get so hyped up for it and then as you get older it's not as cool but then when you have kids and you see your kids getting exciting excited for it it's kind of exciting again I'm starting to think that all-star weekend is the same way because the guys who are being featured in the all-star game at this point are not our idols are not our childhood heroes that we grew up watching 
our entire life and, and being able to watch those guys play against each other on the floor. Like the only guy in this game at this point that was like a childhood hero of mine would be LeBron James. Everybody else, it's like we've seen, I mean, we've we've seen LeBron's career, but I was, you know, nine, 10 years old, LeBron's rookie year. But being able to like be conscious for an entire player's career like we have been to this point with guys like Dame, like Giannis, who are some of the older guys in the All-Star game this year, I don't know. I don't know if it's the event itself or All Star Game is for children. I I don't I don't know really how to break it down. Is it the product or is this just the way that it goes? And I don't remember my dad being like hyped about the All Star Game when I was a kid. I think it's a good question. Has it really changed that much? Because it has in certain aspects, but in other ways, I don't think it has. Right. I mean, definitely more. The all-star game is definitely way less defense, which can change, obviously, the intensity of it. What was it? I saw, like, uh, an all-star game that Shaq was involved in, like, a screenshot of, like, the the score bug at the end of the game. And it was, like, 109-100 or something like that at the end of the all-star game. And that was essentially doubled this evening. Correct. So it's, like... I think it's somewhere in the middle as much of a cop out answer as that is. I think that it, it's definitely the balance between the two. Like it, there's no way it's not because and it, and it is tough to know for sure. Because like you said, unless we go back and ask our parent who like, let's be honest. I, I don't know about your dad, but like my dad doesn't care about the NBA no. as much as I ever have or ever will. Right. Like he just does it. And so it's hard to go back because I don't really know. So it, it's so tough to gauge. And I don't know, like maybe like guys like who are, who are podcast personalities talk about it still like a Bill Simmons. I will be interested to see what he says. And I'm hoping that he compares it again to just like tying it back to what it used to be because it is an interesting, interesting perspective that, without their perspective we don't really know there's we can't have the answer to your to your proposition to your question i don't know what i don't i really don't know i want my gut reaction is no it's always been like it's been it was awesome as a kid but it's like there's the caveat as a kid right so i don't know but listen you the, the nate robinson dwight howard dunk contest that was fun and I just don't know if it was fun because it was like Nate Robinson, like obviously Dwight with the cape, Nate Robinson wearing the all green Knicks jersey. Right? We all know what I'm talking about. We all know what that looked like. So I, I maybe there's quite a bit of nostalgia, I'm sure. And nostalgia always wins. That's how we got back to an East first West all-star game. Instead of like captains picking teams. I think that was game. more of the almost embarrassment of Jokic being the almost the last pick last year. Right. But also you I mean you, you look at like even I was looking at the, the ESPN app, right? Throughout the, the weekend and I always would see East first West All Star and I felt nostalgic. And it's not even been gone that long. But it comes back and then we're quickly reminded East first West wasn't the answer that we all wish that it was. 
and nobody plays defense. Unless I, I love offense. I don't really care. But when guys are just like blowing by and uncontested, nobody's within within miles. I'm like, all right, this that's kind of ridiculous. But at the end of the day, I understand and I've came to the conclusion that defense is just never going to get played again in an all-star game. And I think that we are headed towards a similar thing that the NFL had to do. I hope it becomes more like contest related and the NBA is going to do it better than what we see from the NFL product. A freaking snapping competition. They they have their hands tied. They don't there's only so much they can do. But I I'm hoping that they'll bring back some of the maybe things that you talked about where it was like the the groups of three and they have that comp the shooting comp and whatever basically the skills challenge but maybe just a different wrinkle and the Steph and Sabrina thing we could talk about that because I genuinely had fun with that it was way better than I thought it was going to be there uh, the um the skills challenge which Paolo Bancaro talked about like wanting to take that like really seriously this year I don't think that we saw Paolo's best effort in that if I'm being 100% honest but the skills challenge is a complete freaking sham now. Mm-hmm. Like the slalom run where like the chest pass is as big as like the eye of Orlando. Like it's completely ridiculous that they're asked to even do that. And then like the passing thing where they're going back and forth like this, like the bounce pass. Yes, that's difficult. But the chest pass through this thing that has like a three, you know, 12 foot diameter, whatever it is. I'm not a you know, geometrist by mm. any stretch of the imagination. We got that. But man, I was I was really afraid I was gonna mess that word up just now. I don't even know if that is a word to I don't, to be honest I don't, with you. Probably can't. not. But yeah, just yeah. Anthony Edwards taking the the corner threes with the Cooper. left hand. I was like, okay, we're absolutely not taking this seriously. Scotty Barnes shooting the the half court shot, you know, backwards was a little bit ridiculous. I think the answer with the dunk contest is you get voted into the dunk contest from now on. Like we take the best dunks from like the regular season and fans vote on who they want to see in the dunk contest. And then like, unless you want to be the worst person ever, you just do the dunk contest because the days of seeing guys, you know, like Dwight Howard, you know, one of the best players in the league at the time in the dunk contest, I think those days are, are long gone. And it's, it's truly to the point now where, I, like people talk about the Aaron Gordon Zach Levine dunk contest ruining the dunk contest, it honestly might be true because nothing is ever going to match that level again. Like the level of just sheer athleticism and creativity that we saw in that dunk contest, I find it almost impossible that anything will ever touch that because it wasn't just the difficulty of the dunks; is that each of those guys was hitting them on their first try. It was just it could not have ever been a more perfect NBA dunk contest. And I think it's, it's just ruined it for everybody forever. Do you think the answer is, because I think I'm okay with this at this point, replacing things like the dunk contest with a more drawn out version of what we saw with Steph for Sabrina, where you do bring in people like clay even next year that feels like Steph. That's in their press conference. That's what he really felt like he alluded to, bringing in Clay, and then Sabrina can bring in whoever. We all would love to see Caitlin Clark in that type of competition. But shooting, it, it's different because with dunks, 
there's so much pressure to be creative and execute. But with shooting, you can't tell me that that not that every one of those guys didn't want to win that three point competition last night that were in it. You, it's hard not to. Shooting is a pride thing. That's a if I if I think I can win a competition, like if I'm competitive, which all these NBA guys are. If I'm competitive and I can shoot the basketball, I promise you, you're going to see a show put on in the three point competition. And that's what we got last night. So it's almost like the creativity has really driven players away from doing it. And it also doesn't help that we've seen everything under the sun, unless you are a professional dunker, which nobody in the NBA is. The closest thing to a professional dunker, as far as creativity that we've seen, is Aaron Gordon using stuff and utilizing everything from the hoverboard and whatever, and Mac McClung, right? All, like, in the current day, that's what I would say, is that those are the closest things we have to professional dunkers, and it's not going to get any better. It's just not, because professional dunkers, that's what they do. They dunk. NBA players, they they don't, like, yes, sure, they can dunk, but they're not doing the creative, they're not sitting in the lab creating dunks that they can do. We've just seen it all. And it's crazy to say that, that we are now in the era of like, we've seen everything. What else can they do? Besides making props crazier and whatever else, the LED court being incorporated in the dunk contest was cool, but it didn't like make me think, man, this is really bringing the dunk contest up a level. Because at the end of the day, I just want to see cool dunks, but I've seen them all. It's a really tough spot to be in, to be honest. I think also... Like the evolution of social media doesn't help because even outside of like the best guys in the NBA, like the actual like professional dunkers around the world, to your point, like outside of the NBA dunk contest, when you look just around the world at other like legitimate professional dunk contests, we really have seen it all. So even, you know, what like you go back and watch like the Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, you know, uh, slam dunk contest mid, sorry, mm-hmm. iconic, but mid. I hate to be the guy to say that, but mid, even when we talk about like the Vince Carter outside of like that Dominique MJ dunk contest, like the Vince Carter one is probably like the most iconic. Mm-hmm. The Aaron Gordon performance just blows it away, to be quite frank. Even the the Zach Levine, you know, um, what was it like 20? Yeah, 2015 was, I think that was the Oladipo year when Zach Levine won it the first time. Then the next year, 2016, Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine. Zach Levine was talking about going back-to-back and all that kind of stuff. So to me, like again, the AG one is just so by far and away the best. To your point, talking about like the Steph and if it's Steph and Clay and Sabrina and Caitlin next year, like that's awesome for now. But what happens when Steph Curry isn't around anymore? Like Nobody's going to reach that level of, of shooter and what we expect. Like the three point contest is always going to be fun. Like they always have the best shooters in the league, you know, do that. Um, It feels like maybe there's, there's a way to even get that to another level. Maybe it's taking that from eight to 12 and there's, you know, even another round to that, or maybe more guys go into the next round because as, as much as like that is sort of the focus now at times of the NBA all-star Saturday night, feels like it just goes by so quickly. Like you have two rounds and it's over. Like to me, I, I want to see a a bit more of that and and find a way to to make that you know even a, a little bit more exciting. I guess a little bit you know more competitive because it just there's not a ton of drama in that event. 
I guess is is the way that I would say it. But I love the Sabrina and, and Steph event and looking forward to see how they can do something like that next year. Just get rid of the belt. Like that was I felt like that was a little bit silly. Um, but yeah, for overall I thought that event was was pretty fun. It was gimmicky, obviously. Um I didn't I, whatever it is what it is. At least I, look, if you're gonna do a belt, get a real belt. Like that looked like it was made out of styrofoam. Like if you're gonna go that route, like make it like the bring out the WWE spinner belt. If you're think, gonna do something like that, I think the belt will will ratchet it up. The, the stakes will ratchet it up a little bit next year. Now that they realize people love it, really, it just didn't do in part that like they, Steph and, and Sabrina put on a show. If they didn't, we wouldn't be doing this next year. If if it was lopsided or whatever, unless it was Sabrina by a landslide, that's not happening again. But I think that even if I don't even know if it's adding rounds to the three point competition, just give me different shooting games. I just give me a variation. Like there's so much creativity to be had and putting points in certain spots. And we saw it a little bit with the skills challenge, right? But I'd still love to see it like a two v two situation. I just like that or one or one v one, whatever it is, man. But I don't think like the group stuff is the way when it comes to shooting challenges skills challenge that like it wasn't awesome right like but the concept is there shooting is there i think you just need to lessen the amount that are shooting at one time it has to be two or one there's just a lot of different avenues you can explore when it comes to shooting i think you just go all out on that because again there's no creativity involved there's just rules it's just like hey you make this shot you get this amount of points or whatever it is i really do think that's the answer and you just do away with the dunk contest. Maybe you do away with it for like 10 years, 15 years. And then when people get nostalgic for it, you can bring it back. And if it flops, it flops. But for now, I, I really do think shooting with Steph Curry, obviously changing the game of how we think about shooting. There's a whole lot you can do. And this is very much a shooting generation at this point. Not so much focus on dunks. I think there's also a big element of like, the best guys in the league now are just too cool for the all-star like weekend and and the events and like even the all-star game to a a certain extent i'm watching guys just like sort of go through the motions tonight it's like what happened to the game i I love like that's that's what i keep coming back to and you saw it a lot with like luka and Jokic, and i think there's a lot to that because we think about the jj reddick um old man in the three podcast with like franz wagner and luka both of them really talked about the fact that they are so team oriented internationally that I think that it feels weird to them and they don't really want to take it seriously because it doesn't mean much. And over there, maybe they're just so like focused on working as a unit to win and whatever. And also we can just feel silly to them. And it, I think that could be the case with guys like Jokic and, and Luka. And as we get more international talent, I don't know if you've seen the mock drafts already for next year, but like four of the of the of the first five that are mocked, but as last I saw it like a month or two ago, all international. It's going to continue to be that way, and I just wonder if like that's going to introduce the, even more the brand of players that just like don't really care and they think it's silly that there's an all star game. Who knows? But but I think that we might be headed that direction. Listen, you don't like the All Star Game. You don't like the if you're an NBA player, you don't like the idea of the All Star Game. Screw off! All right, that's all I got to say. 
Like it, it, it's an iconic thing to be a part of that. Like it, when, when you're playing, like take it like all these guys idolize Kobe, you know, who took the all-star game seriously, Kobe freaking Bryant, every single time he was out there amongst the best players in the, in the world, he wanted to prove that he was the best in the league. So like, just how hard is it to, to play defense in the game? Like, I, I don't think it's that, I don't think we're asking a lot. If everything else sucks, that's fine. Whatever. If we get to the point where, like, look, we're just going to have an all-star game. Maybe we'll have a skills challenge, and then we'll have the all-star game. Just play defense in the all-star game. Like, sure, there's, you know, times, you know, maybe the first few minutes or so, even the first quarter. You want to get silly. You want to throw some lobbies. You want to do all that stuff. That's great. But let's let's play some freaking defense. Luke, what did you think overall about Paolo's uh, performance? So I want to go back to uh, the Rising Stars game. Paolo Bancaro was on uh, Team uh, Tamika with Keegan Murray, Jalen Dern, Jaden Ivey, Scoot Henderson, Keontae George, Vince Williams Jr., and Dyson Daniels. Paolo Bancaro in 11 minutes, 5 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 of 7 from the floor. To me, Paolo recognized, like, I've got to do something each night of this weekend. And Paolo just very much coasted through that, that Rising Stars game. It could be said that he coasted through the entire weekend. That might be fair. I didn't really like it just came and went on on Friday. It very much was like literally they got how did they lose that game by the way? They yeah. were they are off to such a great start. End up losing and then the G League team beats the uh the team they went against as well, which was hilarious. It just shows you like these people they don't really care that much. They're there for the festivities, the connections, whatever it is, right? So I, I don't know. My my feelings on Friday night in Palo is kind of just sums up the entire weekend. In Rising Stars, um, or the whatever the skills competition. I th- I mean he had the best passing points in that passing game. Cool, but that. But other than that, it's kind of like ah, I don't really care. It also has something to do with the fact that like Palo just wasn't hitting anything this weekend. That was a little frustrating just as a Magic fan where it's like, man, we got this all-star and he just wasn't hitting shots and it, it, whatever. Like at the end of the day, I don't put any stock into how he performed an all-star weekend, but it did make it a less enjoyable viewing experience. I think even he himself would say that. I can understand why fans feel that way, whatever. Super appreciative that he was an all-star and every all the respect that comes with it, but I don't know. I just didn't really care for for a lot of it. and. The performance probably tied into it. Yeah, and then uh, in the the skills challenge, he watched the team ahead of them, like the all star team, go through. I think it was Tyrese Maxey that went like to the wrong direction around like the yep. pylon or whatever. Watch that happen. <laughs> that Paolo goes and does the exact same thing, which <laughs> definitely hurt their time a bit. But I still hold firm to the fact that if Anthony Edwards doesn't try to shoot those threes left handed and brick three straight off the side of the backboard. He takes that first one seriously, makes that maybe they don't get eliminated, you know, from Scotty that. Scotty Barnes doesn't did you see him in that oh, one, by the that way. That dude too? fell over I think multiple times at different points throughout the the, the stars that or the my fav- uh, that skill was, challenge. That was my favorite part of the skills challenge. Him falling over. Him dribbling the ball off his leg out of bounds. Him slipping in during each, the passing one. I just in, 
each part of the skills challenge, Scotty Barnes had some kind of shacked in a fool. It was hilarious. Moment. It's it was hilarious. He's not. It's it was so funny. Uh, that was my favorite part of the weekend. When I saw that man grab the ball, turn around, and throw it behind his head, I was like, "This dude absolutely does not give a single crap Mm-mm. about this event." So bad. Yeah. Well, they were throwing bricks. That that team was hopeless on the half court challenge for sure. Yeah, that was terrible. All right. Uh, this next segment is brought to you by our fans over at Jam or friends. Not, I guess they are fans of the show, but they're also we're fans friends. of them. Exactly. They're fans lot, of us. A lot of fans going around. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friends over at Jam Hot Chicken. It is this week's Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week. And being as how this was Paolo Bancaro's first appearance in an NBA All Star game, the first of many, it is only right if our Jam Hot Chicken Jam of the Week comes from Paolo Bancaro's first all-star game so with 11 19 in the game the eastern conference leading the western conference 53 to 47 palo bancaro grabs the rebound dribbles the length of the floor dribbles around anthony edwards and elevates for the two-handed jam and his first ever basket in an nba all-star game and that is this week's jam hot chicken jam of the week luke and we'll just go right into this and just explaining further if you are not familiar with Jam Hot Chicken and what exactly it is that they're all about, they are a Nashville and L.A. inspired hot chicken shack locally owned and operated in beautiful Winter Park, Florida at 400 West New England Avenue, Suite 13 in Hannibal Square, Winter Park. We've seen a lot of you guys posting about it on social media saying that we weren't lying about this chicken sandwich. We weren't. We know we weren't. I'm, we're so glad that you guys are are taking note, going to do this. People coming from visiting from, you know, internationally or out of state are making sure that they hit up Jam Hot Chicken when they come into town to see the magic play. It's super exciting to see, to be honest with you. And you guys can follow at Jam Hot Chicken on all social media. You can see their stuff. They've got a great aesthetic there on their social media pages. They do a great job with that. Also, you can go to jamhotchickenfl.com, access their menu, online ordering, music playlists, all things jam hot. Go there, check them out, and tell them we sent you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Uh, real last, real quick last thing on the uh, all-star game. Paolo Bancara mm-hmm. in almost 19 minutes, uh, six points was three of nine from the floor. Oh, four from behind the arc. Nine rebounds, five assists. So six, nine, and five for Paolo Bancaro. Almost messed around and maybe flirted with a, a triple double, at least for a, a few minutes there. But uh, Paolo just not super surprisingly, but like wasn't super assertive. It's his very first All Star game. You know, rookies or not rookies, but guys that are playing in the All Star game for the first time usually aren't going that crazy because there's other guys with tons of seniority. Uh, but Paolo, even in the all-star game, it's like fantastic teammate, like plenty of times where he could have just went up and, and got his own shot. But like Paolo Bancaro always does, makes the right play. And uh, yeah, that five assists. Uh, let's see, that ranked him. Let's see, how many other guys had more assists? So, oh, Tyrese, Dame. Oh, those were the only other guys on the team that had more uh, assists than Paolo Bancaro. His nine rebounds, Luke, led a... Uh, all all stars in the game. Paolo led the game with nine rebounds. Our all star, Paolo Bancaro, baby. Yeah, I mean, if there's if he's not shooting well, he's going to get other other people involved. Maybe too passive for some people's liking. I've seen a lot of that type of commentary. Whatever, man. <laughs> just he's just trying to stay in his lane. Maybe not 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 create too much spotlight for himself in this first All Star weekend. It, you, you have to appreciate that to an extent too. But as Magic fans, we really wanted to see him be assertive and take over and have great moments like Tyrese Halliburton did because he had the moments early on in that game that were just a ton of fun and you just didn't want to see him miss. He just kept going and that that was the that's the fun of All-Star Weekend. I don't want to see you just run and dunk the entire time, wide open, uncontested. If you're going to shoot uncontested, I would love to see you shooting 35-footers right 40 footers Dame pulling up from half that's what we're that's what we're here for offensively that's the type of stuff we need to see but yeah our our guy Paolo distributing rebounding doing the things we know him to do what did you think of like the moment before the game where like Paolo comes into the locker room and is like you know taking photos of his jersey hanging in the locker to me that was one of my favorite parts of the night and uh, definitely one of my favorite parts of the weekend that was super cool, and I also loved when he was getting introduced. You could just tell like he was taking it all in, and it was really taken aback by the moment. It felt like Pal is not super emotional, and he's talked about that, but but yeah, he he was awesome. Um, and so for that that moment that he had was awesome as well. It's just been we also got to see the uh, have we seen had we seen it before? It just got a lot of recognition. The Pal Bancaro logo. No, that's I literally just linked that to you. I was going to ask you about that next. Like, what were your thoughts on that? Because I think it's sick. Last year, we saw like the P5 logo that they, you know, released at like during like the Rising Stars game from last year. Mm -hmm. But this new one where like it's like a P and then like the curl of the P like turns into the five, but it also looks like a B in certain aspects. Like, I know it's not going to be that long before Paolo Bancaro gets his own signature shoe with Jordan. And the fact that like the logo has been sort of reworked and I really like it. It's really sick. Like I would absolutely buy that hoodie right now if it was available. Um, I love it. Yeah. I I have no no issue with it at all. 
I'm uh, hoping all that yeah becomes available here soon, and we can we can cop some P5 merch. All right, that's enough uh, complaining, I guess, for All Star Weekend. It just <laughs> I, I hope they find a way to you know make it awesome again because this weekend it was just very very meh. I think that's probably the the best way that I can uh, describe that. But want to go ahead. Give a special shout out to all of our wonderful patrons. They are the folks that help make each and every episode that we do uh, through the the season and um, throughout the All Star break and into the off season and everything like that. Um, if you would like to, you know, sort of join the mission and help us uh, on our journey here of creating and and growing the Orlando Magic fan base and just creating new diehard magic fans uh, you can join our patreon at patreon.com slash the six man show with different levels of benefits like joining our discord channel our discord channel at this point has i think close to 60 um different patrons in it uh literally talking about basketball and orlando magic basketball especially like 24 7 unless like lucas you know, spurring some kind of like Pixar movie debate like he did a couple of weeks ago. But uh, if you're interested in joining our patron, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And we give a special shout out to our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons each and every episode. So I will go ahead, as always, starting with the court cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, normal magic player history, Gay Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, Donkey Punch, Dave, Powell Franz's warmth, Pierre A. Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Daniel, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Godi 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Phil Fulton, Emin Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time, Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Recon, Shahan 177, Bobby the Dawn, Himlo Ben Himro, RM Prof 221, Magic Kid 714, Mysterious Mosley, Victor Cologne, Ma- Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, only Franz, Maria, Keith Walls, Fritz, Currency, Kev, Bruv, Sal, Case, and Green, Santi, Leon, Kane, Eckler, The Distract, Ahmad, Timsa, Chantu, Tom, Gadsden, Dead Air, Richard, Toto, Jeremiah, Quintero, Debo, 1980, and Magic Matt. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Luke, I wanted to just remind everyone now that we're, we're past the all-star break. Uh, we've got a few more days off. The Magic are back at it on Thursday in Cleveland, taking on the Cavaliers. Uh, but just sort of regroup, talk about where the Magic are uh, with 27 games to go. With 27 games to go, the Magic sit eighth in the Eastern Conference with a record of 30 and 25. They're 13 games back of first place Boston, seven games back of Cleveland, five games back of Milwaukee, three games back of New York, two and a half games back of Philadelphia, a half game back of Indiana, tied with Miami, but Miami holds the tiebreaker, so they are seventh. The Magic are eighth. Four games up on Chicago, six games up on Atlanta, 24th in offensive rating, 5th in defensive rating, and 15th in net rating. Luke, coming out of the all-star break, the Magic's injury report should be clean. We'll have a better idea on that Wednesday. But unless something crazy happens, the Magic should be completely healthy and ready to go Thursday against Cleveland. Completely healed is what I think you mean there. Completely healed is what it feels like. I wanted to to use this time real quick to just reflect on where we were last season at this time, as well as the last best start we had like this in an 82-game season. So the Magic, obviously, at this point, are, are 30 and 25 going into the All-Star break, which is hilarious compared to 
last year's record, right? Last year at the All-Star break, Magic were 24 and 35. So 10 more losses at that point. And we know how the season ends. Like the Magic are just a few wins away at this point from beating last year's win total. And then prior to that, this is the best record the Magic have had at the All-Star break that I could really find since like the 2010-2011 where they were like 36-21. and So putting it in perspective for you guys, this <laughs> we're in a great spot as we all know. I hope that those of you who maybe have had your moments of like the sky is falling, which I very much have had at certain points of the season, where the sky is falling, the injury report is piling up, and you're frustrated. Hopefully this all-star break has been a time for you to just like just get back to even keel, realize that the Magic are in such a great position heading into this essentially playoff push with 20, 27, is that what you said? 27 games left? 27. I mean, you, you really couldn't ask for, for a much more realistic spot to be in for the Orlando Magic for the rate that you're at, the way you're going, and what you're on pace for. Speaking of playoff push, immediately following the All-Star game, TNT aired a basically like a playoff preview commercial, which featured none other than Jalen Suggs. You know, given one of his uh, patented, you know, hype-ups to the Orlando Magic crowd. And that just, that gave me goosebumps. First of all, they realized that the Magic are squarely in the playoff picture. And then to think about the the Magic and, and Jalen Suggs in a playoff series, like ramping up the crowd at Kia, we know that that moment is coming, and it's that's going to be incredibly fun. So just looking forward to that. And like you mentioned, Luke, best season up to this point and probably, you know, what, what was that, 12, 13 years? Mm-hmm. Something like that where the Magic have been sort of in this position, like in terms of record and, and standing coming out of the All-Star break, super exciting. And the last time that the Magic really were obviously, you know, 2019, 2020, that whole season got messed up with with COVID, right? And not that the Magic wouldn't have, you know, been in the playoffs in a full 82-game season, but the way that that season ended, the Magic were just it, it, anticlimactic playoff run, is, is, I guess is the way that I would put that. But when you look back to the 2018-2019 season, where the Magic were 20-31, and 31, and they go 22 and 9 over their last 31 games to finish the season 42 and 40. With 27 games left, Luke, the Magic could go 13 and 14 over these last 27 games and still have a better record than that 2018 2019 Magic team. And when you look at the schedule, which we'll talk a little bit more about in a moment here, the Magic should absolutely be able to go 13 and 14 at the very least. Like we're, we're looking, you know. You've talked about this. I think Philip Rossman Reich um, echoed your sentiment, although I'm sure it was his own you know, individual opinion, obviously. But I heard you both say that like 46 wins is not out of the realm of possibility for this Magic team. Like if you go, you know, 16 and 11 over these last 27 games, which is entirely possible, Magic are sitting at 46 wins, and that will probably be good enough for seven or, or six in the Eastern Conference. So. Uh, just really excited for this team. Like Paolo was coasting, you know, through this this All Star weekend, and that's that's fine. I, I don't care about that at all. 
I hope it's just due to the fact that he has bigger things in mind. He's like, get me out of this all-star break. This is awesome. I love that I'm an all-star. This is a, such an honor to be here. I'm literally living a childhood dream come true. But the Magic have bigger things in mind. The, big, the Magic have bigger goals in mind. And it starts next Thursday against Cleveland and these next 27 games, Luke. I, I would not be surprised if the Magic end up, you know, 16 and 10, uh, you know, or or like 18 and 8, you know, over the these next, you know, or what would that be? 18 and 9, sorry. Over the course of, or 16 and 11, I guess. I, I'm not good at math. I think the, the cold medicine is starting to, to take its effect here. But I, I would not be shocked if the Magic just go on an awesome run here over the next 27 games and find themselves as high as five or six in the Eastern Conference. They have everything that it takes to do it. They absolutely can do it. If we take a look you know, just at the last couple of years and sort of the improvement that the Magic have made coming out of the All-Star break, like last year after the All-Star break, Luke, the Magic were not good offensively. They were 26th in the NBA in offensive rating. But after that All-Star break, Luke, they were 11th in defensive rating, which if we go to the pre-All-Star break last year, Magic were still 25th in offensive rating. Really nothing to write home about, but we're 19th in defensive rating. If we go to the year before, Jamal Mosley's first season, before the All-Star break, the Magic were 28th in offensive rating. They were 24th in defensive rating. We go to after the All-Star break. Again, offense didn't take a, a big leap. They were still 29th in offensive rating, but we're 7th in defensive rating. These Jamal Mosley teams, Luke, he just has a tendency of getting them to play their best basketball late into the year. And so far, we talked about it a few minutes ago. The Magic are fifth in defensive rating in the NBA this year. Are they going to take a, a massive leap? No. But we've talked about this really since the offseason. And once it seemed like everyone, everyone was going to be healthy, I genuinely believe that the Magic have the defensive personnel to be one of the top two or three defenses in the entire NBA. And if they can get to that level, if they can be the number one or number two or number three defense in the entire league over the course of the next 27 games, more often than not, they're going to be putting themselves in a position to win and going on like a 16 and 11, 17 and 10, 18 and 9 run to finish the season is totally possible when you look at this schedule. So this is where we'll go now, Luke. Thursday, you're at Cleveland, but then you're at Detroit, at Atlanta, home for Brooklyn, home for Brooklyn, home for Utah, home for Detroit, at Charlotte, at Washington. After that first game against Cleveland, the Magic have seven games in a row where I would say they should win those games. I don't care about the travel. I don't care about the back-to-backs. I care about the fact that the Magic are now, I believe, 15-6 and six against teams below 500 this season. And each of those seven teams that I just listed are all below 500. After that game, you're at Detroit. You're home for Indiana. You're home for Brooklyn. You've got to get this one against Brooklyn. Both of these games against Brooklyn. Brooklyn is not better than Orlando. And Brooklyn has destroyed you in both meetings this year. Magic have to find a way to redeem themselves with those two games against Brooklyn. And then you're at Toronto, you're home for Toronto, you're home for Charlotte, you're home for New Orleans, Sacramento, Golden State, LA, Clippers. Then you're home for Memphis, 
home for Portland, at New Orleans, at Charlotte, home for Chicago, at Houston, at Philadelphia, at Philadelphia, home for Milwaukee. And we get into that last week of the season, at Milwaukee, at Philadelphia, home for Milwaukee. Those games very well may not matter for those teams in terms of standings. And we may see those got those teams rest their superstars. The more and more that I look at this, Luke, like 16 and 11 over the course of the next 27 games should really be the floor. Yeah, the floor I know this is a yeah. 500 team, you know, mostly around 500 this year, but we have history of Jamal Mosley teams playing better later into the year. It's time for this team to lock in. And if they can just figure a few things out offensively, Luke, and really dial it up defensively, this should be one of the best defenses defenses in the league over the course of the last 27 games here. Before the season, Jonathan, your prediction when we looked at the schedule was 43 and 39, I believe. Correct. If the Magic were to win 43 games this year, knowing what we know now and being where we are, that would mean that they went 13 and 14 to end the season. Would you be disappointed, given all the context, if the Magic finished the year 43 and 39? Yes, I would. I'm right there with you. I predicted 42 and 40. So I mean, with mine, that'd be like the, the winning 12 of, of the last 27. Just not, not acceptable. No, but in really context is important here. And the schedule is the context. The teams you're playing, the amount of games at home. I don't know that 16 and 11 is the absolute floor. But it's close. It's it's sixteen and eleven. It's fifteen and twelve. That's where, like, I would say maybe, yeah, fifteen and twelve. That feels good to me as far as a prediction too. But I really think that yeah, you you absolutely can win forty six games, which is crazy. Because I, what was it? You you made a twelve game jump last year from the year before win wise, and then you go to forty six wins this year. I just that it would be awesome. I hope it happens, and you've got all all the things going your way to make it happen. You played well enough to keep yourself afloat heading into the All Star break, the nine game win streak at the, near the beginning of the season kind of buoying yourself in those that tough, tough stretch December and through January. I'm really proud of this team. And and I think that you absolutely can can finish well above what we predicted before the season. Luke, those last three games at Milwaukee were like starting with Wednesday, April tenth. So the tenth, the twelfth, the fourteenth at Milwaukee, at Philadelphia, home for Milwaukee. What would you put the odds are that like those games may not matter for those teams? I don't know. 50-50? Maybe it's it's tough to know. Milwaukee, if they do what I predicted at the end of last episode, they're going to be scratching and clawing to try to get their way up the standings because I said that they they would essentially be passed by by the Knicks that third spot 
just by the way they're trending doc rivers all that kind of stuff i I don't know how that's going to end is there any timetable on like randall and ananobi coming back yet i i i don't know i feel like i heard something about after all star break for like dante divincenzo and stuff like that but i don't know what the timetable og might have fallen in that category but i'm really not sure yeah, OG had surgery a, about 10 days ago, and he's going to be reevaluated in three weeks to remove a loose bone fragment from his elbow. So that mm-hmm. sounds like a guy that they're probably still not going to have back for a few weeks. And then Julius Randle, he's supposed to be re- reevaluated about this time. So we're going to know more about his status. You know, to me, like, sure, it's awesome for them to get like Dante and like Isaiah Hartenstein back. But moving forward without OG and Julius Randle, I think it's going to be really tough for them to be... Not They'll be competitive, obviously. But I, I would expect them to hover around like 500 without those guys in the lineup. And I am looking at the Bucks. For instance, last year they went 58 and 24. I don't know context, so don't don't hold me to this. But if you're asking me if it's possible that they're in a position, and some of these teams that were playing near the end are in the position of resting guys. Last year, final game of the year, Bucks were starting Bochamp and like Giannis nowhere in sight, right? And I I think that there's definitely a possibility, but. All right, I no idea. This combo has gone just off the rails for what I intend. I I did think I was going to get a little bit quicker of an answer. The reason that I bring that up is because outside of those three games, Luke, even if you include those games, sixteen of our last twenty-seven games are against teams that are below five hundred or or out of the playoff picture as it currently is. I don't think there is a team that's outside of the playoff picture that is above five hundred. So we could just say most of these teams are either. Yeah, they're either out of the playoff picture or they're below 500 because Atlanta is technically in the playoff picture, but they're below 500. You take away those last three games where it may not matter, then it's eight of the last 27 games. If those last three games aren't really consequential, because like Milwaukee may not be worried if the Knicks and like the Philadelphia 76ers just fall apart, which if they don't get guys back in a hurry, it looks like Philadelphia is going to continue to slide, you know, in the Eastern Conference without Joel for sure. But Milwaukee, like who knows? It might might not really matter. But we're talking about twenty seven. So we're talking about like, yeah, sixteen of your last twenty seven games are coming against teams that are below five hundred. And this year, you have been. I think it was fifteen and six. Yeah, you're you're. Oh, sorry, even better, sixteen and five against teams that are below five hundred. So. For me, you know, you're you're going to win a couple, you know, of those games against teams that are above 500. But if the Magic have another level to get to in these last 27 games, like that's why I feel like 16 and 11 should should be the floor. Like it it really should be. Like if this team doesn't get to, you know, 45 or 46 wins at this point, I'm going to be a bit surprised. Barring Orlando Magic luck happening, which is bad luck. With the win percentage factored in a, a- against teams for the magic this year that they play again that are teams under 500 the magic should go with 16 of these games being against below 500 teams the magic should go 12 and 4 based on how they performed against them throughout the season so far so you go 12 and 4 
you can find a few more games against over 500 teams in that in that stretch. The other nine games or 11 games you're going to play. So, yeah, man, yeah, 46 wins is, is super, super realistic. So 12 and 4 in that, you have 11. So you would have to go, what, 4 and 7 against teams above 500? Like that, to me, that seems like the floor. Yeah, I would agree. All right, Luke. I mean, that's that's really what we're looking at here. It's important that the Magic get off to a, a, a good start here uh, coming out of the All-Star break. The guys have a few more days of rest, and then we'll be, uh, we'll be back into it uh, this Thursday against Magic versus the Cavs. I think that's going to do it for uh, this one, this All-Star break edition of the six-man show. Do we want to do, do, do week ahead today or on Wednesday? Uh, let's do a Wednesday. Let's okay. do a Wednesday. We'll see. We'll see how games. we feel. Hopefully, uh, by then we'll have the injury report, so we'll have a, a better idea. It should be clean, but yeah, let, let's let's wait till Wednesday. Don't forget Wednesday, uh, starting at nine o'clock Eastern, we'll be live on YouTube. That's going to be the five year anniversary uh, edition of the show. I have a special guest on that, so be sure to check in on that. Uh, the next episode of the Six Fan Show is going to be filmed next Tuesday at home as the Magic take on the Brooklyn Nets. Definitely need to get that win. But that's going to do it for this episode. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Let's go Magic!